Well, Merry Christmas again, third time this morning. For all of those that uh, just came in, it's a wonderful time of year. Uh, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And the reason we celebrate is that Jesus was not just another baby. As we've said, he was God come to earth to live with us, Emmanuel. And so Christmas is about one of the most incredible miracles that has ever happened, uh, never to be repeated. It was a virgin birth. Jesus was born of a human mother, Mary, and of the Holy Spirit. Luke 2 says, and the scriptures are written out in a white page in the middle of your bulletin. You might want to pull that out and follow along there. It says, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And the angel is speaking to the shepherds here. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And so Christmas is about good news. Christmas should bring us great joy in our hearts. It's great joy for everyone because the baby that was born was destined to grow up to become our Savior, Christ the Lord. And so often our picture of Jesus in our mind is of the baby laying in the manger. And that's how he started, but that's not how he stayed. I mean, Jesus is not a baby anymore. He grew up and he fulfilled every aspect of the plan that God had for his life. In fact, the baby that was born 2,000 years ago was destined by God to teach us things about God that no one had ever taught us before. The baby that was born 2,000 years ago was destined to die on a cross at the young age of 33. But the good news is that he rose from the dead three days later. And he is our Savior. And so that baby that was born had a plan for his life that God had destined. So I'd like us to watch a video clip about the baby. Uh, Jesus, and it's set to the song called Mary, Did You Know? Well, let's think a little more deeply about that baby that was born. He looked like any other baby. There was no halo shining over his head, as you see in the Christmas cards. He looked like any other baby, just as depicted in that video clip. But he was much more. He was the eternal Son of God being born into our temporal world. Jesus had forever existed in heaven with his father. This wasn't Jesus just coming into existence. He'd existed in heaven with his father from eternity past. But now he was coming to this earth. He was breaking into our time-bound world, bringing eternity with him. Because Jesus was born to rise from the dead. He was born to be the first human being to enter into a resurrected life that would never end. And so the good news of great joy that Jesus came to bring is that eternal life is now being offered through him to everyone who believes. Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Jesus brought this power of eternal life, the power of the resurrection to our earth for the first time. And God wants us to know him and to experience his power, the power of the resurrection, the power of eternal life in our own lives. And so Christmas is really about Jesus Christ bringing eternity to this earth. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Jesus, our eternity. 
We're going to be talking about another of Jesus' I am statements, which we're, we're covering in this message series, The Child Who Changed the World Forever. And with this statement, Jesus is claiming to be God and bringing eternal life to everyone who believes. Within the heart of every human being is the desire to live forever. The Bible tells us that God has placed eternity in the hearts of people. And that's the reason we fear death. That's the reason we fight against death because we really want to live forever. And God has put that desire in our hearts. And Jesus came to satisfy that desire for immortality. He came to satisfy that desire that we have, that placed in our hearts by God and allow us to live forever with our Creator. Not to just live forever on our own, but to live forever with God. That's God's plan and purpose for our life. And that's what Jesus came to bring to us. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so today my prayer on this Christmas 2013 that everyone here in this service this morning, everyone across the world that listens to this service through the internet, people hear us from many different countries, that they will also believe Jesus' words and experience resurrection power in their lives. And so this morning we're going to look at the story behind Jesus' statement, I am the resurrection and the life. And we're going to learn some practical principles, I believe, that's going to help us live for God this Christmas season and throughout the new year. First principle we want to think about is that Jesus knows your troubles. Now our story begins with a friend of Jesus named Lazarus. And that name should ring a bell. A friend named Lazarus who got sick. It says the sisters, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. They sent word to Jesus and said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And so Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He was somebody that Jesus loved. But even friends of Jesus have some troubles. Even friends of Jesus get sick. And Lazarus got sick. Not just a flu, not just a cold. He got really, really sick. Now, Jesus knows about our troubles. In Lazarus' story here, the sisters came to tell Jesus about it. But as we go through the story, we'll find out that Jesus knew what was going on without anybody even telling him. And Jesus knew about the troubles that Lazarus and his family were going through. And whatever your troubles you may have this morning or this Christmas season, Jesus knows about them. He knows them even better than you do. And troubles come for God's glory. When Jesus heard this word from the sisters of Lazarus, when he heard this, Jesus said in verse 4, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And so Jesus assures Lazarus' sisters that this sickness is not going to end in death, and that Lazarus' troubles were for God's glory. Now, how can troubles be for God's glory? I mean, isn't that a contradiction? Well, last Sunday we saw how Jesus, the good shepherd, protects us from the thief or Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And sickness, really at its heart, is the result of sin in the world. It's the result of Satan in the world. And through sickness, Satan seeks to destroy and to harm God's children. People made in the image of God. And yet here in our story, we see God allowing sickness to enter into one of the closest friends of Jesus. A person he loved, a person he'd spent time with into Lazarus's life. And, and we're going to see that troubles are for God's glory because God can deliver us from those troubles. And as he delivers us from the troubles, he gets the glory. And troubles are an opportunity for God to show his power. It's easy to forget that when you're going through troubles. But the troubles that come into our lives are an opportunity for God to show his power. Because even in the midst of your troubles, Jesus loves you. It says in verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so despite Lazarus getting sick, getting deathly sick, Jesus loved them. The fact that, the fact that troubles may come into your life doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you. Now in this story, Jesus didn't always do what people thought he should do. Jesus didn't always come in the time frame that people thought he should come in. And Lazarus' sisters may have been tempted to believe that Jesus didn't love them or Jesus didn't care because of what was happening to their brother and, and how Jesus responded. And yet the Bible shows us clearly here that Jesus loved them deeply. In fact, this verse really probably wouldn't have had to be in there, but the Word of God reiterates that Jesus loved this family. He loved them deeply. Jesus wanted to meet their needs, and he wanted to glorify his Father in heaven through this difficult situation in their lives. And so Jesus knows your troubles here this morning. Anybody here ever had any troubles in life? 60%, okay? Some people are just scared to raise their hands, you know? Don't know what I'm volunteering for. No, it's just a question. Anybody have any troubles this Christmas season? A few. You know, the hardest troubles are those you feel like you're going through alone. The troubles that you think nobody else understands. There's a song, Nobody Knows the Troubles I've Seen. Oh, nobody understands the things I'm going through. I'm the only one who knows how hard it is. Well, it may be true. Nobody else, no other human being understands what you're going through, but there is one who knows your troubles, and that's Jesus. He knows everything you're going through. He knows how hard it is for you. He knows the things you're facing, the things you're enduring, and he loves you, and he loves those who are close to you who may be going through difficulties as well. Now sometimes when we go through troubles, we're tempted to think that Jesus doesn't know about them. Because why would he allow these things to come into my life? And sometimes we're tempted to think that he doesn't care. But he does. Jesus loves you. He cares about you no matter what troubles you're experiencing in your life. But he doesn't always answer our requests in the way we would like. He doesn't always answer our requests 
in the time frame that we want, like yesterday. And we need to trust Him because His plans and His ways are better than ours. So whatever you may be going through this Christmas, trust that Jesus knows all about it and He has a plan for you to make it through. He's there to go through whatever you're going through. He loves you and He cares about you. And Jesus' answer is going to come in His time. Verse 6 produces a new wrinkle in our story. It says, Yet when he, speaking of Jesus, heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Jesus was about a two-day trip away from where Lazarus was when he heard the news, and yet he didn't come immediately when somebody called him. He didn't immediately start on this journey to see Lazarus. Now Lazarus' sisters had already seen Jesus heal many people. And so they thought, well, our brother's sick. We send a messenger and Jesus should come and everything's going to be fine. They wanted him to come quickly and heal their brother. And yet, Jesus' timing was not their timing. He would come in his own time. Important principle to remember Jesus' timing is not always, is not usually our timing. Your trouble is not too big for Jesus. Verse 11, Jesus went on to tell them, his disciples, he's speaking to here. It says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Now, as we'll see in a minute, Jesus knew that Lazarus had already died by this time. And yet he described death as falling asleep and he was going to go there to wake Lazarus up you see nothing is impossible for Jesus not even raising the dead and so raising the dead for Jesus is no more difficult than waking somebody up from sleep nothing is impossible for him throughout the New Testament the death of a believer is referred to as falling asleep for you see, death is not the end for a believer. It's simply the doorway to heaven. We fall asleep in this life. We wake up in heaven for the believer. And so whatever trouble you're facing in life, it's not too big for Jesus this Christmas. There are things that are too big for us. Anybody ever had anything in your life that was too big for you to handle? There are things that are too big for us, but nothing is too big for him. He can do amazing things to deliver us from the troubles we're in. Now, the disciples misunderstood Jesus. They thought he was speaking about literal sleep. They thought he didn't know what he was talking about. But Jesus always knows what he's talking about. So if you think Jesus or God's word doesn't make sense, then who needs to change? We do. There's something we don't understand. And Jesus' answer is going to build faith. And so Jesus told them plainly, they didn't understand, you know, what he's talking about sleep. He said, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there. So that you may believe. But let us go to him. That's an interesting answer, is it? He's saying, I'm glad I wasn't there when he was sick. I'm glad he died. Oh, Jesus, 
How can you say such a thing? I mean, isn't that very insensitive? I mean, here your friend has just died. He said, I'm glad. I'm glad he's dead. I mean, he didn't say it quite that crudely, but he said, I'm glad I was not there. Now, why was he glad? He was glad so that his disciples would believe. So that their faith might be built. You see, sometimes God allows our troubles to get real big. God is getting worse. What is happening? He allows our troubles to get even bigger. So that his answers get our attention. Sometimes God delays the answers to our prayers so that he can get greater glory. Now, if Jesus had come immediately when Lazarus' sisters had asked for him to come, he would have come, laid his hands on Lazarus, Lazarus would have been healed. Now, how many stories in the Bible are there like that? Dozens. He would have just been one of dozens of healing stories. And their brother would have been healed. But Jesus had something else on his mind. God had something else on his mind. Jesus wanted to do something much bigger than simply heal somebody who was sick. Jesus wanted to do something that would point to eternity. Jesus wanted to do something that would build the faith of those who saw it. That would get their attention, not just at that time, but all the way down to you and I here in 2013. And so Jesus' answer comes in his time. And we need to trust that he knows the best time. And so this morning, let's think about any troubles we may be facing in our life this Christmas season. Any troubles that those in our family or those close to us may be facing or dealing with. Now, if you're a believer, I trust that you've prayed about it already. And you've asked God to help with your trouble. And whatever it is, it's not too big for Jesus to handle. And yet your trouble may not be resolved. You've prayed and it's gotten worse or it hasn't changed. You're tempted to think, what's going on? Didn't God hear my prayer? Well, God did hear your prayer. The Bible tells us, keep on praying until the answer comes. The answer is on its way. It's going to come in Jesus' time. It's going to come in Jesus' way. It's not going to come in our own time. And if your trouble is even getting bigger, it's an opportunity for your faith to grow bigger. It's an opportunity to see God do something even bigger in your life or in the lives of those close to you so that he gets the glory. So don't give up. Trust Jesus and keep pointing others to him this Christmas season. The big news about Jesus is that Jesus brings eternal life. And so Jesus said to Martha, Lazarus' sister, in verse 23, he said, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so Jesus now makes the trip. He comes to Martha and Mary. Lazarus is now dead. Mary is talking to Jesus. Jesus tells Martha that Lazarus will rise again. And of course, Martha assumes that he's talking about the final resurrection. The Bible speaks of a last day resurrection. I don't think we talk about it enough. But at the last day, believers are going to be, their bodies are going to be raised from the dead. 
And they're going to be reunited with their bodies to spend eternity in heaven. We're not going to spend eternity floating around as bodiless spirits. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's a whole other teaching. But Martha was correct. Lazarus would rise from the last, uh, would rise in the resurrection of the last day. But Jesus meant more by his statement than referring to the distant future. Uh, Jesus is the resurrection. So Jesus said to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And so Jesus makes this amazing claim. He says, I am the resurrection. Whoever believes in Jesus will have life after death. Whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life and they will rise again at the last resurrection. And Jesus demonstrated his power over death when he rose from the dead three days after he was crucified. He rose from the dead never to die again. And he lives forever. The Son of God living in his resurrected body. And now he's going to bring glory to God through raising Lazarus from the dead. So Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the life. He says in verse 26, Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so believers, eternal life begins here and now in this life. Oftentimes we think of eternal life as being in the future in heaven. No, when you become a believer, you possess eternal life. In biblical terminology, you are never going to die. Now, you are going to die physically, unless Jesus comes before that time. But when you die physically, you simply fall asleep and you wake in the presence of the Lord. Your eternal life has never ceased. You will never die in that way. And at the last day, your body will be resurrected, joined together with your spirit, and you're going to spend eternity with the same type of body as Jesus. And so Jesus is the life. He came to this earth to bring eternal life to everyone who believes in him. And so Jesus now makes a demonstration of his power over death. Lazarus has now been dead for four days. The tomb has been sealed with a rock. Jesus wants them to open the tomb and his, uh, Lazarus' relatives say, Jesus, you don't understand. After a body in the Middle East has been laying in a tomb in the heat for four days, it's really going to stink bad. And we don't want to smell any dead bodies around here. So let's just keep it shut. Well, Jesus commands them to take away the stone nevertheless. It says, when he had said this, after the stone was taken away, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And so in one of Jesus' most amazing miracles, he raised somebody from the dead who had been dead for four days. Now Lazarus was raised from the dead, not in the same way that Jesus was raised from the dead, because Lazarus would one day die again. Lazarus had had the distinction of having died physically twice. He would die once again, but he would rise again. At the last day, as his sister Martha had indicated. But Jesus demonstrated his power. His power over death. Jesus brings eternal life. And when you understand that Jesus brings eternal life, it takes away 
the fear of death. And it brings hope. Now, behind much worry, behind much anxiety, behind much fear in our lives is the fear of death. Now, we might not talk about it a lot, but people fear death. For the believer, Jesus takes away the sting of death. It's not something to fear anymore because it's simply falling asleep and waking in the presence of God. And so this Christmas... Remember that that baby born 2,000 years ago, he brings hope. When you have the hope of eternal life, everything else pales in significance. The eternal life that Jesus offers is a life of hope. Hope for the plans that God has for you in this life. And hope for the plans that God has for you in eternity. A living with him in heaven forever. And so this Christmas, rejoice in the good news. That Jesus, a baby born 2,000 years ago, brings us eternal life. And so that baby born 2,000 years ago is alive and well. He's no longer a baby. He's, he, uh, if we saw him today, he'd appear as a full-grown man. 33 years old. One day we'll see him like that. Jesus lived forever. He's the resurrection and the life. He knows your troubles. And he'll answer your prayers in his time. And so this Christmas, put your trust in him. Let him bring hope into your life. Hope for this life and hope for the next. Now to begin to follow Jesus, the resurrection and the life, you need to commit your life to him. That's what Jesus said. He said, <clears throat> read it again, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And so this is all predicated on us believing in Jesus. To believe in Jesus, the Bible says, it involves admitting that you've sinned, that you've done wrong things, that you haven't believed in Jesus. The, the greatest sin, the sin that sends people to hell, is not believing in Jesus. And so to have eternal life, we need to admit that we've sinned. We've done wrong things. And the biggest sin is not believing in Him. And then we change our minds. We choose to believe in Jesus. Everything He says, everything He represents, we choose to put our trust in Him and see to commit our lives to following Him. He has a plan and purpose for your life. And to make Jesus Lord of your life is to say, whatever you say, Lord Jesus, I will do. Whatever you tell me, whichever way you tell me to go, I will go. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ in this way, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. You know, a lot of people say they believe in God. That's fine. That doesn't give you eternal life. A lot of people say, I believe Jesus existed. That's okay. That's just the fact of history. But to have eternal life, you have to put your trust in Him. You have to hand your whole life over to Him. And that's what we're going to pray. If you haven't done that before, I encourage you to pray along with me. If you have done before, and perhaps you feel like your commitment has waned, I'd encourage you this Christmas to recommit your life to Jesus, the King of Kings. Pray along with me. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I, I've done wrong things. 
I haven't been following you. I've been doing what I wanted to do, not what you want me to do. Please forgive me. I believe in Jesus. I believe he came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose three days later. I put my trust in him. And I commit my life to following him and his ways and his words. I believe he has a plan and purpose for my life and I want to follow it from this day forward. Thank you for coming into my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray a simple prayer this Christmas. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for that baby that was born. God coming to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that he is the resurrection and the life. And we thank you, God, that you know the troubles of every person seated here this morning, every person in the sound of my voice, and you care about and you love each and every person. And as, God, we pray, as we seek your help, we thank you that you hear our prayers and the answer will come in your time. We thank you for the good news and the hope of Christmas, and I pray that each person here would enjoy eternal life with you now and forever in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray.